okay, okay, okay. Leave me alone. Stop being a bully. Don't touch me. Give it a mic, give it a mic. Just give it a mic and I'll be loud. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, all right, first two rows, first two rows. If you're in the back, you better be in the front. That's all I'm gonna say. Otherwise, I'm gonna pick you for everything. So that means Andrew, that means Cameron, that means you, baby girl, that means you and you and you. First two rows, that means you, you two, Lawrence, and your best friend right there. First two rows, first two. One, two, Lara, Andrew, first two rows. Look it, look it. Anais by herself, my boy right here is by himself. They need some friends. Some seat friends. Thank you. All right, welcome to Elevate. Uh-uh. One more time. Elevate. Still, still not there. Elevate. I want to hear you the mic. Elevate. Welcome to Elevate, guys, where we meet every Friday at 7 p.m. So if you're not here, that means you need to tell your, uh, obviously you gotta be here and you gotta tell your friends to come here. Um, we have prizes here at our youth group. So what happens is when you bring that one friend, you bring that visitor, you get a candy and they get a box of candy. Um, number two, you bring the most friends on the E-Night and then you get a gift card to the hip. On an E-Night um, is a place where we all just hang out. It's a big, huge party. So come out to that um, and you get $25. Who doesn't like money? That's a lot of money, right? So we have E-Fusion, February 5th. My birthday's the 8th, so correlated, okay? Very nice. So E-Fusion, February 5th. Everybody go, woo! E-Fusion, oh my god! So come here, be here, be or be square, however that saying goes, right? Now, um, at Elevate and our church, Metro Praise, we have a vision, and it is, can you say it with me? Oh, you guys should be up here on this mic. Loving God and loving people. And the way that we do that is through our strategy. And our wonderful, wonderful strategy is called Connect, Mentor, Send. Um, and the way we do that is through connecting you, mentoring you, and sending you. So we connect you to our life groups, which that's why you break out. So if you have questions about that and they happen every week and every weekend, come talk to us about it. Then we do one-on-one. -on -one. That's called our mentorship. So you meet one-on-one -on -one with the person and you just get to know, obviously, what God is about. You get to know how to live for Jesus. So come talk to us, talk to any leader, talk about like, hey, what's a one-on-one, you know, and we'll get you connected. Then after you do one-on-one, you become like Sadia here and you get sent out to go preach the gospel and to do more one-on-ones. So how many of you guys are excited about that? Yeah. Ah, yeah, a lot of you guys are excited. Amen. Cool. I really like this light show or this presentation. It's really cool. Um, we have a goal of 100,000 disciples, 50 churches in Chicago, and 500 worldwide. If you believe we can do that, say amen. amen. If you believe we can do that, say what, what? Amen. Good job, good job. Cool. I need you guys to stand up. Not change my sit down, sit down, sit down. No, stand up, stand up. Stand up. No, I'm not kidding. Stand up. <laughs> okay, stand up. We're going to do our tithes and offerings. How many of you guys uh, know what a tithe is? Oh, I hear crickets. Okay, what about an offering? Ooh, Leo. Oh, no, Corey, you know what a tithe is? Come here. What is a tithe? He got, he got shy. What's a tithe? 10% of your total income. Good job. And what is an offering? Uh, the more money you put in after your tithe. Yeah, so whatever you put on after your tithe, you'll tithe 10% of your total income, and then I can't see and then 10% of 100 is $10 in the offering. Anything else presented, 
presented, right? To uh, to whatever after you have given the tie. The example you've given an extra ten dollars on the top of your tie. Now we have a wonderful example, ten percent of three thousand six hundred fifty-two dollars and ninety-one cents. You sure you know it? All right, come here. So if you want to talk on the mic ever, you got to be on the front front row. Three hundred sixty-five dollars and twenty-nine cents. Mm, survey says. You, homie, you had to round down because that's a one, right? Good job, Leo. Good job. So $365.29 is an example. That's how much your tie would be off of that. So we're going to pray. But before we pray, we have the social media. We have it on Facebook. Follow us. Instagram. And then it's secret, but you can follow us on Snapchat too. Okay. So now let's bow our heads as we pray and the buckets come up magically. Lord, I just thank you, God, for this time. I thank you, God, for the message that will be presented. I thank you, God, for just um, having these students just make it out today, um, regardless of the weather. I pray that you would protect them on the way back and that you would open their ears and their hearts, God, to about to um, what they're going to hear tonight, Lord God. I pray that you just be with them throughout the week and that they would apply the word to their lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Here it is. See, I told you, magic. As you guys can see on the thing, we got a Bible quiz. Give it up for the Bible quiz. That is what I'm talking about, man. So what I want to do real fast before I get into this, I got like three sheets of paper, but it's not, it's not that long. I just don't want people to start seeing paper, paper, right? So what I want to do is, how many one-on-oneers we got in the house? Right? Come on, let's hear everybody shouting, right? How many one-on-oneers do we have in the house? We have like all the one-on-oneers over here, and then we have one right here, like boom, you know what I mean? All right, where's our two winners at? Right, they're sporadic, man. So right now, what I want you guys to do, we're gonna have a, uh, obviously a Bible quiz, and we want some, we want two one-on-oneers to, to, to rumble right up here in the front, man. So we need hands up for two one. Oh, he just came up. He like, I don't even need my hand, I'm coming up right now. So we got one, give it up, give it up. We need one more one-on-one. Shema, oh, give it up for Shema! All right, so, no, don't sit behind that, give me All right, so look, check this out. Tell me about your name. Uh, my name is Leo. Give it up for Leo. Shema, Shema. Give it up for Shema. Oh my goodness, man. All right, so, this is what it is, right? Bible quiz. What we're gonna do is, if you have the answer, you're gonna raise your hand, okay? Let's practice this, okay? Is Jesus Lord? 
Okay, there it is, all right? That's just a practice run, all right? She's all excited, like it's a real thing, like, yes, he won. Nah, but that's how you, you want to raise your hand, and then we'll give you the answer, all right? So you guys are going to help me to see who raised their hand first, and then we'll pick that individual, all right? If they get it wrong, I need three guys to come up here and then put your hands in that person, all right? No, I'm just letting it off. So messed up. All right, so look, you guys ready for the first question? You guys ain't ready for the first question, man. Are you guys ready for the first question? Yes, man. Are you ready, Shamal? Are you ready, Leo? Yes, man, here it is. Who did Jesus say, upon this rock, I would build my church? Was it John the Baptist? Was it John the Baptist? No. All right, we need three guys. Beat up, beat up Leo. No, All right, do you want to give it a try? I'm a guess. I don't even know. Um, Moses? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Next question? All right, next. All right, who wants to shout out that answer? It is Peter, New Testament. Come on, somebody. Yes, he said that was the second guess. All right, question number two. What was Paul's name before he was Paul? Was it Saul? Was it Saul? Was it? Yes, it was Saul, man. Are we giving him something other than push-ups or what? Okay, amen. Give it up for Leo for that one, man. All right, so then we have one more question. You guys ready? Are you ready, Shamar? All right, man. Who was Satan, the devil, before he was Satan? He was an angel. What? He was an angel. He was an angel. Anybody? All right. Yes, man. Give it up. Give it up. Woo. All right, so now they're tied. All right, so we got a tie. We got a tiebreaker, man. All right? You guys ready for this tiebreaker? All right, man. So... I don't have a tiebreaker question here, so I'm going to make one up just spontaneously, right? What is the hypostatic union? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing, man. Now, all right, now, for real, though, right? What was the first miracle that Jesus did? Who, who, who did it first? He came down from the heavens. That is not right, all right? What is the first miracle that Jesus did? Shemal. He healed a man. All right. Who are the disciples of these people? Okay. <laughs> we need to talk to you guys when the service is over, right? You guys shout it out, man. Who what was the first miracle that Jesus did? Okay, what? Yes, water into wine. Man. He turned that bad boy up, man. All right. So the thing, there's still a tie here, though. Like, what? Tiebreaker? All right, so... All right, another tiebreaker. We can allow our sister in Christ to come up with the question. How many disciples did Jesus have? Are you talking about his main disciples or like all of them? Uh, the 12. He got it right. All right, give it up for Leo. All right, man. Give it up for Simone. Good job, guys. Good job, man. You guys can have a seat now, man. God bless, man. There is the sportsmanship. That's what I'm talking about, man. All right, so where the 201 is at? Let me do this again. Where the 201 is at? Yes, man. I need two 201ers that want to battle up here in the front. 
Put your hands up, two 201ers. Everybody scared. Sadiq. Uh, Anika. We have an Anika here? I, oh, Deacons, Deacons, come on with it now. Where the Deacons at? Where the Deacons at? Alright. Come on with it, Lawrence. And then uh Yuli, Yuli, let's go, let's go. Alright, so I want to give you guys a heads up real fast, right? A little background of these two awesome brothers, right? We have a brother that was just right out of birth, preaching, evangelized. The man was doing this from birth, raised in the church. The man is like part of the church. Like he just been birthed right out of the wood of the church, man. Give it up for Lawrence. Come on. And then we have my man, Yuli right here. SUM student, deacon of the church, right? Give it up for Yuli. Yes, man. All right, here is the first question. Now again, I didn't know we we're gonna go to the next level deacons. So it may be a little easy, man, but put up the hands, all right? What profession was Matthew? In the Bible. I'm from an era of fans living in mass terror. Boys covered in cover girls like mascara. I don't need to keep a gun in a mask. Doctor, I still make them put their hands Doctor? up as Derek. Oh my goodness. You lost that. Tax collector. Give it up for the man born in the church. Come on, somebody. Hold on, dude. You still got another question, dude. Okay, guys, I'm going to repeat myself one more time, right? This is an SUM student. They're both deacons, right? We got a brother that was born right in the church, like he just gave birth, boom, right into ministry, right? Then we have a brother that's in, in SUM Bible College right now, right? Question number two. How does the world know we belong to Jesus? Yeah, man. For love for one another. Give it up for Lawrence! Woo! All right, so should I do the third question? No? All right, man, give it up for you. Give it up for the low. You slack, dude. All right, praise God, man. Elevate. All right, wait, wait, Eula, Eula, you, you can't, you can't come over here, okay? As an SUM student, you've disappointed me, okay? So come over here, 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 come over here. All right, does anybody know what a Hannibal push-up is? Hannibal push-up. Anybody know what a Hannibal push-up is? You know what Hannibal push-up is? No. Does anybody know it? Does anybody see it? No, no, there's a Hannibal push-up. Yes. Uh, like where you take a push-up and then you jump up, basically. Forget it, man. Just do 20 push-ups right now, okay? Come on, give it up for you. Come on. 20, 20, 20, 20. It's either that or 100-word paper, okay? <laughs> no, you got to do the push-ups right now. All right, no, no, I'm going to play it. Right, everybody, everybody, get it for a, a Yuli. Don't boo him. All right, can I get somebody to please help me out here? Can you somebody hand hand it to me? Yes, Jonathan. All right, guys, we're going to be continuing on in our series about His great love. Everybody say His love. His love. Ooh. Okay. So let us open it up with some prayer. Let's do that, and then we'll get into the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight for what you're doing in the lives of everyone here, God. And I ask you, Lord, that you would just take the heart today, God, that you would do a heart transplant in this place today, God. Uh, we know, obviously, this is a spiritual thing that we're talking about. So I ask you, Lord, that you would just 
do that, God, that you would expose the hearts of those inside in this room today, God, that you would show them where they lack love, where they don't really fully get the love that they're, they're supposed to be giving to people, God. And I just pray tonight, God, that you would move mightily, that you would do it in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Awesome. All right, today's sermon is going to be called Heart of Darkness. Everybody say darkness. Now, I'm pretty sure there is a band called Heart of Darkness, but don't, don't worry about it. Is it a book? Okay, it's a book too. Okay, right? So, Heart of Darkness. I want to just start off by saying that as a youth pastor, as I've seen, uh, you know, plenty of people come and go into the youth group and things of that sort. This is, uh, this is, you know, we've been doing Elevate for a few years now. We've noticed something happen in the lives of those who come in to the youth ministry and just for the matter anybody who really is coming to ministry uh, to a church in general we notice that something is pretty off when somebody comes in and for some reason it's happening more than ever before and what we are noticing is that we see people come in with a heart that just seems pretty cold it seems pretty off a lot of times in the bible we see that the bible says that the heart is like a heart of stone it is hard to the touch. It's hard to get through to people sometimes. They don't care. They're very stubborn, or as the Bible likes to say, stiff-necked. Somebody who doesn't want to yield their position. Why? Well, we're going to look in the Bible today. We're going to see what the Bible has to say about this heart of darkness, this heart of stone. So go in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, verse 9. Matthew chapter 24, verse 9. And then in this Specific chapter, it's Jesus, and he's giving basically uh, a quick summary of the end times. So what's going to happen in the last days? The last days of history that we know, uh, according to the Bible, the prophecies, and what it's going to look like, how the world is going to be around, like how we're going to be seeing the world, how people are going to be acting, how, um, how people will act with one another. So that's what we're seeing in this chapter. But Matthew chapter 24, verse 9, and it says this. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. So we're seeing right now, it's getting really serious here. There's going to be a great persecution that's going to happen to Christians in the last days. Well, plenty of people are going to be put in hard situations because they simply believe in God. They simply believe in Jesus and what he did for them on the cross. What's going to happen is that people are going to literally want them to stop doing it to the point where they will hurt them. They will put them in prison. They will try to silence them. That's what the Bible is saying right here. And then we will be turned over. Many people will leave the faith. Many people will say, I don't care anymore. It's too hard to be a Christian. It's too hard to believe in you, Jesus. So they just leave the faith. They actually even betray one another. And many false prophets will come. Many false teachers will come and start to declare what they believe is, is the truth or how they want people to follow them only for, for profit or for whatever they want to do. But look at this, script, uh, continuing on. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. But look at that one scripture verse again right there. It says, because of the increase of wickedness, 
the love of most will grow cold. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up knowing about love. I grew up knowing that love was something that you should fight for, love was something that you should look for, and it was something that should be cherished, protected, cared about. You think about love, you say, that's what I'm wanting in my life. That's the dream of mine, to find somebody I can love, to find somebody that I can be okay with and happy with. That's the dream. But the Bible says it very clearly here. It says in the end of of times, the last things, What's going to happen is because the increase of wickedness in the earth, people will stop being so loving. The love of most will grow cold. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't like the cold. So whenever I go outside, I kind of have to deal with it. I'm like miserable. I'm just really like not happy at the moment. I'm like, okay, I'll do what I have to do, you know, but cold. Have you ever met somebody that was cold? Have you ever talked to somebody that was cold? You tried to have a ear, a ear, you know, you wanted them to, t- you wanted to talk to them, pour out your heart. They're like, I'm too busy, I don't care, or whatever. Maybe sometimes it even happens in your own families where you're saying, I just went through something, and they say, well, buck up now, you gotta hurry, you gotta, you gotta deal with it. That's how, that's how it is, that's how the world works. No one's gonna be here, you know, giving you handouts. No one's here to hold your hand when you become an adult. It's too bad. Love of most grows cold. I can say in my personal life, I grew up feeling very distant from my family. And for the longest time, I, I can honestly say it, up until the age of 19, I did not love my family. I did not love my mother. From when I was a kid, even today, I never called my mom mom. I called her by her first name. All the time, even when I was five years old, you know, I don't know why I was doing it when I was five years old. It was weird, but uh, it just was natural to me. But I didn't have it. And I grew up being very um, distant from people because I got hurt all the time and I stopped believing what love was. And so I started kind of reserving myself a little bit, kind of putting myself in, isolating myself, shielding myself from people and from what they could do to me. My love grew cold. I was insensitive. I was angry. And I dealt with people the way that I just wanted to deal with them. I didn't care about how they would want to be treated. I said, I don't care. I'm going to treat you how I want to treat you. The love growing cold. How does it look like in your life? Do you act that way too? When people try to act out, when they try to come to you and ask you what's going on, or, or you know, when you're trying to just live life? Are you being cold as well? How does it look like? I want to share three truths about the heart of darkness, and we're going to understand why I'm calling it the heart of darkness. The love that's grown cold. Our hearts have changed. Our hearts are not healthy. Doesn't mean that you have high cholesterol, okay, because you guys are really young, okay, but our hearts are not spiritually healthy. Our hearts have grown cold, not caring, not wanting. We're okay with anything that comes by, and we're okay with being distant. When you hear about it on, on music, you don't hear, oh, man, I'm talking about love. You hear, let's talk about sex. Why? It's not about love anymore. Everywhere you go, it's not about that anymore. It's not about what we feel anymore. It's only about what can I do to just be okay. What can I do to be okay? That's what you hear now everywhere in music. Now, I, I've been hearing it. 
It's not like I'm confused about what's happening on the radio. What's going on now? What's happening into the music nowadays? Because this is what the Bible says. This is what's happening. People are growing cold, so they stop caring about those kinds of things. They don't care about love anymore. They just care about getting by, what feels good, what is okay. When you watch it in movies, why is it that everybody now is sleeping around until they're 35 years old? Why is that happening? Why is it that's happening in your friends? Because the love is growing cold. Because there is no real heart anymore that is actually saying, I believe in something greater than just the temporary flesh and the temporary pleasures. Here are three truths about the heart of darkness. The first one, the heart loves darkness. Go to John chapter 3, verse 19. We're going to be moving a little quick now because I have a, few, a, a good amount of scripture verses here. John chapter 3, verse 19 says this. This is the verdict. This is the judgment. This is the conclusion. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Do you see what the Bible is saying here? The heart loves darkness. It does not want to go anywhere close to the light because it says, I literally love this darkness. I literally love being in here. I literally am okay with being in darkness. I'm okay. I don't want any righteousness. I don't want any goodness. I love sin. I love to do whatever I want to do. We can go ahead and talk about why people do what they do. That's fine. I, I understand. We've been hurt. Expectations have been broken. I get that. I've been, I've, been, I've been alive. I understand that. But still, let's call it out for what it is. Let's call it out for what it is. The Bible says it very clearly. Your heart, you, you don't want the light. You don't want that. You want darkness. You love the darkness. The verdict is simple. The the conclusion of the matter is simple. Light, Jesus, come. He came into the world, gave ultimate sacrifice, said, I love you so much to die on a cross for your sins. Would you please come? Just simply come in faith to me. But we don't even see that. We think of it as a joke. We say, oh, God, you know, I don't really care. That doesn't mean that much to me. And so we see, even though light has come into the world, we love darkness more. The second truth is, the heart walks around in darkness. 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, and this one, I'll just read it. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister in the darkness is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Take this scripture verse. Maybe you don't hate your brother or sister. You know, it doesn't have to be your biological brother or sister. Maybe you don't even have any. But talking about people here, talking about just in general, people around you. Take the word hate. Just substitute it for anything else. Are you bogus with people? Do you lie to people? Do you just do whatever you want to people around you? If anyone does 
anything that is not good to their brother or sister, what does the Bible say in here? You still live in darkness. You still live in darkness. And this is so evident. This happens so much in a youth group. This happens so much, and I, I see in everybody's lives. Why has it happened that, uh, you know, you have, like, a, just people, and they're dealing with each other, and suddenly it just becomes so, like, so much tension starts to build, and then they stop talking to each other. Why? What happened to actually caring about people? What, act- what actually happened to people wanting to really get to know one another and have friendships and things of that sort? What happened to that? What happened to that is simple. It's just what the Bible's saying. You're just full of darkness inside your heart. You literally walk around in it. Your being, what you do, how you function is in darkness. Your steps, the steps that you take, the thoughts that you have, all are in darkness. And the Bible says this, that you don't even know where you're going because you've been blinded. Your own heart has blinded you. Now, isn't that just something? Think about that for a second. Your own heart has blinded you. You thought that your heart was actually something that you can control and do whatever you wanted to do with it. You thought you had it in check. But the Bible says, no, no, you don't got it in check. It's actually blinded you. You're walking around. You don't even know where you're going. You're about to fall into a pit. You don't even know that because you think you're okay. You're okay with hating your brother and sister. You're okay with lying to your brother and sister. You're okay with using them. You're okay with just treating them however you want to treat them. Why are you okay with that? Because you've been blinded. You see, I know it's, it's tough to hear things like that because we kind of want to say, oh, you know, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm good with Jesus. You know, I got that. I, I got that. I understand. I, I went to the altar one time, but then we don't like to actually like to live like that because the Bible says very clearly, hey, if you want to live like that, if, you, if we really want to hold you to this standard right here, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother and sister is still in darkness. It makes it very clear. Oh, you claim to be there? Okay, do you love people more than yourself? No? Okay, you're still in darkness. You see what the Bible does? It puts the standard up and it says, liar, liar, pants on fire. You're not who you say you are. You you said, oh, I'm a Christian now. Okay, well, let's see it now. Let's see it happen now. Let's see you do something with this. This is not just, hey, I listen, I come into a Friday, and I listen, and I listen, and then I just go back home and never do anything with it. This is you do something with it. This is your heart changes, and you're different now. You become different now. You stop living in that darkness in your heart. You stop having a heart that's cold, and that's broken, and that's full like a stone. You stop. It changes. The third thing is the heart remains in death. First John chapter 3, verse 13, so just a chapter away, says this. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Everybody say one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Oh, man. Bible, man. Calm down, God. Calm down, man. Please don't make it that hard. 
Please don't make it that hard. Why are you telling me I'm like Cain? You know what Cain did? Cain was literally the brother of Abel. And what happened? Abel just simply just offered something up to God. And Cain couldn't stand it. Cain said, I don't like what you just did. And so he literally started to grumble in his heart. God asked him, why are, why are you so downcast? And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? What does that even matter? What, what does that even matter? What, I don't care about him. It's not that important. See? And our hearts have grown so cold. Our hearts have grown so far away from what they were supposed to be. These were supposed to be the centers of our feelings. They're supposed to be the centers of who we are, how we function, why we interact with each other the way we do. We don't just slap one another when somebody bothers us. We try to understand one another. We care about it. The Bible says this, simply, hey, you know what? If you believe this, you're just supposed to love each other. But if you don't, then you remain in death. Your heart is death. Doesn't mean that is like just stopped right now, you know, and like you're just moving around like a zombie. I'm not saying that. Spiritually, your heart is gone. It's grown cold. The vital signs show it's flatlined. And you think that you're going to solve it somehow. You think you're going to go ahead and make it better somehow, but that's not what's going to happen here. The Bible makes it very clear. It's in death. And death is the last part there. There's nothing coming. There's not a second stage to death, and then you come back. You look different now. You're not like, it's not like that. It's not like an anime. It's not like that. Death is death. It's over. Can I get the, the worship team to come up to the front? But here's the solution to this heart of darkness. This heart that's grown cold and bitter and away. I want you guys to ask yourself, do I have a heart that is like this? Do I give my best to people? Or am I okay with just giving them garbage and treat them however I want to treat them? Am I okay with that? Ezekiel chapter 36 Verse 24. If everybody can please turn there. Ezekiel chapter 36. Verse 24. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 says this. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. So he's talking right now to Judah right now. He's talking to the nation Judah. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. 
You want to talk about a heart problem, look in the Old Testament. You want to talk about people who could see God, have a close relationship to God, but did not care. Look in the Old Testament. Here were, here was God's people. Right here. Being led divinely by him. He was leading the nation. But the nation did not want to submit to him. The nation literally sought after other gods, did whatever they wanted to do. They had idols all the time. And so God said, I'm going to punish you guys. So he let them get exiled from their own nation multiple times. But here God says, you know what? I love you guys so much. And there's just something about you. There's just something about you that I just, I, wanna, I want to just love you more. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you out of these nations. I know that you understand what you did, and I'm going to cleanse you from everything. From all the impurities, from all the, the idols in your life, I'm going to take that heart, that filthy heart that's inside of you, that's literally corrupting you, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to put a new spirit in you, a new heart in you, and then you'll be my people. I'm going to give you a chance, he's saying. I'm going to take it away. I'm going to crush that old heart so that you can be made new. What we need in this place is simply this. We just need to have a new heart. So we got the EMTs coming right now. They're going to be bringing in, I don't know how many people are here right now, 60 hearts. Okay, now I'm playing. You know what we got? We got God. And God he doesn't, he doesn't have to wait on a waiting list for new hearts and all stuff. He can do it now. He can do it today. If you need a new heart in this place, if you're saying, I'm done with being bitter or cold or resentful or whatever it may be, today's the day then. Because the Bible makes it very clear. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord at any time for just saying, God, I need you right now, what happens is God meets him there. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. You're saying, man, I don't know, man. I, maybe I'm okay with having a heart that's a stone. Maybe I'm okay with being cold. Maybe I'm okay with doing all that. I'm going to tell you right now, no, you're not. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Give me your best case of why you think it's okay to be cold. Tell me why. Tell me why you think you can be cold. Tell me. Give me your best thing. I understand that this life is jacked up. People take advantage of people. Sometimes we have uh, people who have been hurt by their own family members, been sexually assaulted, people who have been used, people who have gone through drugs and all that. I understand that. But that doesn't mean that you can shut down in your life and say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to be gone now. I'm going to be gone from my, from my heart now. I'm just going to cut it off. I'm just going to use people now. I'm going to treat people how I want to treat them. That's not how it goes. You know you don't want to do that. You know you want it to stop. Let's just be real here. Let's just call it out. Don't let that heart of stone, don't let that heart of darkness reign in your life anymore. Today's the day. Today's the day to get it right. Today's the day to let it all out at the altar. Your hearts, the pain, just let it out. Just let it be completely gone. 
It's time to come out of this room a different person, with a different heart. With somebody that says, I actually care more now. I actually can feel more now. Now I can actually do something with this now. Now I'm okay now. I can forgive now. I can do something with my heart now. It's working the way it should be. I'm forgiving the past. I'm forgiving everything that's happened to me. Forgiving even myself. And I'm moving forward. Moving forward with love. Because his great love is the one that enables me to do this. Everybody can please stand up. Just turn off these lights and do all this stuff now. In this place, we're just going to do a very simple thing. If you want to uh, come up I'm just going to give you guys a reason why to come up in the first place. Come up because it shows faith. Come up to the altar and pray at the altar because it shows that you want to make a step in faith. I know the reasons why people say they won't come up. They say, oh, you know what, like I, I can do it here. I get that. But I'm asking you today, take the step of faith today. If you need a new heart inside of you, if you have been focusing on all the wrong things, if you feel like your heart has grown cold or you are getting colder as a person, if you specifically just want to have a new version of love in your life, the real version of love, then I'm going to ask you that you would come up in just a few moments. But right now, does everybody just have that check in their heart? Jesus, God, we are, are here today for you. Your word says that you pierce the deepest parts of who we are. And though we may, we may be stubborn, though we may have grown distant, though we may love darkness and remain in death and all the things that the heart does to us, God, I pray today that you would shine a light so deep and so so thorough into who we are, God, that we would just stop. Stop being okay with it. Stop being okay with being hurt. Stop being okay with being cold. Stop being okay with being distant and in darkness. Let us have the real version, God. Let us have what you designed this heart for, to love one another. Where we won't have selfish intentions anymore. Where we won't deal with people however we want to deal with them, but we would care about them. When we would give our best to people because we know that that's what we want in return as well. God, we're asking you tonight that you would do that move in this place. If you want to come up to the altar, if you just want to get it right with God, if you want to get your heart just changed in this room, it doesn't matter if you've been going to church for 20 years, just come up to the altar now then, and let's just give it to God.
Jesus. If I could just get some of the leaders to come up to the front and just pray for those that are here.
this too, just giving it to him. He's going to be here for a few more moments. Let's just have the, the quietness right now in this room. Let's just hear right now what the Lord is trying to say to each and every one of us just in our own lives, in our own hearts right now. It's so easy to get just caught up in the music. It's to get caught up in the excitement. What is God trying to say to you right now? What is, he, what is he saying to you when he sees you at the altar? What is he saying to you when you are offering up that heart of stone to him, asking him to change you? What is he saying to you? Let's just hear from him for just a few moments. Just, just everyone just be quiet in this room just for just a few moments. desires that that everyone here would have that heart to love you, to love one another, to have a heart so big, to not be like the world, to not be the person that is just living life cold and away and distant from people, distracted in darkness. they would love 
they would feel here, God, that they would have it here, Lord. That they would have peace in their hearts, God. That they would have peace in the most important place of their life, inside their hearts, God. That they would be healthy in their hearts, God, that they wouldn't remain in death. joy, an expectation of hope. God, you can do it in this place. I'm going to ask Joby come up right now and he just pray us out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Lord, just let your love pour out into this place, God. Jesus, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love, God. Lord Jesus, I just feel like you're telling me, God, that that we here, we have to love people so much. We have to love them, Lord, that we're willing to look like fools, God. Lord, we have to have a bigger heart, Lord. We have to love people even if they hate us because they hated you. We have to love people even if they mock us because they mocked you, Lord. Lord, Father God, I just pray, Jesus, that your love, Lord, which just like your peace, it transcends all understanding, God, that it fills us up, Lord, that your love, Lord, is enough, Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you, God. I pray that you have your way in these people's hearts, Father God, the people in the altar and the people in the seats as well, Lord, because there's people in the seats, God, that you want to touch them too. You want to fill them with your love as well. Father God, I pray, Jesus, that they accept that. Lord God, I just pray we don't leave this place the same. We leave with with more understanding and, and more of a hunger just to love people, to love strangers, to love our neighbors, to love our brothers, our sisters, God, to love people that hate you, God. Jesus, I just pray that, that you have your way, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody good for Jesus. Awesome. You guys are dismissed. If not, you can continue to stay up to the altar, continue to get prayed for. Otherwise, you guys are dismissed. We'll see you guys.